Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. Well, as you can tell, I'm not Mark. I am not Pastor Mark. But I did think that I thought that I would come out and rep his shoe game a little bit. So, yeah. I can't be outdone, right? But I want to tell you guys, I am so honored to be here um, Pastor Mark is at Five Point Church this morning, um, speaking for them. Um, Pastor Dean asked him to come, and, and they're doing a series, and God gave him a word, and so I just uh, want to tell you where he is, and um, just be praying for him today. They have three services, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, quite, um, it's quite the feat, uh, but just be in prayer for him today, and I'm so honored to be here before you this morning and um, to bring the word. And I have a hard time, um, I guess, just accepting what God has called me to do sometimes. Don't feel qualified. Don't feel worthy enough. Um, but it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It matters what he says. And so I'm going to walk in that today, and I'm walking that freedom today and speak to you of what God's given me. So I just want to let you know, though, you have the best pastor in, I think, the world, but I'm a little biased. But um, just, just give it up and thanks for him. He is a man. Yes. He is a man, but um, oh, how he loves the Lord. Oh, how he seeks him earnestly and how he loves you and how he prays for you. And I just thought that you needed to know that this morning. And I certainly do love him. I think he's pretty great. But um, just to lift him up this morning in prayer. I would appreciate that, and he would too. Also, want to give a shout out to our volunteers. We are celebrating you today. Yes, everybody. Yes, um, we could not do it without you. Whew. We could not do it without you, especially those babies back there. We all know we could not do it without you, but we appreciate you so much, and we are celebrating you today. Um, if you are a volunteer and you are one of our teams, we have a team night tonight at five thirty. Bring your favorite um, finger foods. Um, you don't want to miss it. You do not want to miss it. I think this is probably going to be the best one we've had. It's going to be real fun. It's real fun. So don't miss it. We can't give any secrets away. All right. So this morning, um, God's given me a word, and I'm just be real honest with you. It has um, really wrestled with my spirit. I have been um, excited. I have been discouraged. I think I've been on every emotional level from this uh, sermon today. But I know God has something for each one of you specifically, um, just to say, I, we have a little secret. Some of you probably already know it though. We have a little secret. Our family likes to talk in a British accent sometimes. I don't know. It's just like a secret obsession of ours. I don't know why. We just find it fascinating. I just think you sound so much smarter and I just want to sound smarter. And so I will talk in a British accent. Lainey and I will have tea sometimes. Just want to have a tea party. And we will talk in a British accent. It is hilarious. We laugh so much, but we just think it's fun. 
I remember Mark and I went on a trip together. We went to Charleston, and we were sitting there, and we were just talking. I literally, we YouTubed a video of how to speak appropriately in a British accent, and um, we talked the whole way back to our hotel room in that accent, thinking that people would think that we were from England. I don't know. That is so odd, but that's just what we do. That's just what we do. But anyway, we love to watch movies um, have a British accent. Anybody a Downton Abbey fan? Men, you can do this in secret if you don't really want anybody to know. Pastor Mark is a Downton Abbey fan. Don't tell him. He would be mad at me if I told you. But um, we were watching the Chronicles of Narnia. Anybody a Chronicles of Narnia fan? Love, love that series and love C.S. Lewis and him as a writer. But we were watching that movie because our kids had never seen it before. And if you don't know much about C.S. Lewis, he um, was a believer. And just so many things in his writings have um, so many connotations to scripture to Jesus to and his story and it's just amazing how he writes um, but we were watching and I've seen that movie I don't know how many times and I remember you know different parts of it well but it came to the part in the Chronicles of Narnia where they have these four kids um, they have to be taken away to like a family's house and they play hide and go seek one day and Lucy which is the youngest one goes into the wardrobe to hide and as she goes into the wardrobe as she goes further and further in the wardrobe she enters into Narnia and um, the first part she meets um, Mr. Tumnus I'm real I really want to do a British accent right now but I'm really trying hard not to because um, it might be embarrassing but she meets him and she's all enthralled in this world and uh, she's really excited about telling her family. Her family doesn't believe her. And um, the story goes on, and she meets a man, or a, a little man, Mr. Beaver is his name. And um, they keep talking about this Aslan character, and she doesn't know who that is. And she thinks at first it's a man. And she asks Mr. Beaver, well, I didn't realize that Aslan was a lion. And he said yes. And she asked him if, is he safe? Because I think I would feel more comfortable if he was safe in meeting him because she was about to meet him. And he said, safe? Who said anything about being safe? Of course he's not safe, but he's good. And yes, he is the king. And that part came up, and I just tears welled up in my eyes, and I just thought, thank you, Jesus. And that's the title of the message today is Safe or Savior? And where I want to take you today is in the book of Ruth, because um, we've been talking about legacy, and we're going to just review a little bit about legacy in just a minute. But um, we've been talking about this legacy, and God's really been dealing with me on this. And hey, I am not the one to say I have arrived. (laughs) I know all about legacy and leaving that for my children and, you know, what I leave behind. I am, God's working on me daily. Um, I just remember having a conversation with my mom and dad about my daughter, (gasps) Sometimes, you know, sometimes you just want to go, and you think that you're not leaving anything behind. You think you're leaving your angry words and your nose and all the things they can't do rather than all the things they can do. And um, I just needed this today because God's got to take you out of a place of safety and allow him to be your savior because he is not safe, but oh, is he good. And that's what I think he wants to teach us today. I have been hearing, and uh, I've just been asking the Lord to speak to me 
more and more and more. And um, as I grow closer to him, and I don't know if anybody knows, I um, I quit my job um, teaching, and now I'm I'm up here part-time working, and we made a sacrifice to do that. And it's difficult, I'm not going to lie. It's very difficult, but it is peaceful, um, knowing that you're walking in what God wants you to do. So with that, I feel like, um, you know, I walk in unsafety sometimes, Um, I don't know what's coming, but you just find this peace that you cannot explain. And if you've not experienced that peace, I want to show you what that's like today. I want to show you what a longing, what a yearning for something better, something bigger than yourself. We always want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We want to know that our lives matter. We want to know that what we do counts. We want to know that we're making a difference in this world, that we're not just going through the motions day in and day out thinking, oh, why am I doing this? This has no meaning to me, but it does. And walking in what God has for you, not in your own safety, but in the Savior. He can do great things through you. And I want to just review a little bit on legacy um, and kind of the end of of this sermon series. And um, it's basically a heritage. Um, You know, what you leave behind, your inheritance, and what you pick up, basically. um, What you have to leave for others. And in that, I just want to hold on. I want you to hold on to the thought of what is left for you and what you leave behind. I want you to just hold on to that thought um, before we go into Scripture, and let me pray with you before we begin. God, we love you. Thank you for uh, this opportunity to go before our house this morning and just um, bring your word. God, I pray that you would speak through me. Holy Spirit, fill my heart and allow me to um, speak the truth. And Lord, we just want life change today. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, so the first thing I want to start off, and this is going to seem really odd to you, but we're going to go on a little journey, so y'all just stick with me. I promise I will tie it up and wrap it and put it on a little pretty bow when we're finished. Um, but I want to start in Judges twenty-one twenty-five, And this is at the very end of the book. And in this time, Joshua has died. And if you guys go back and read, gosh, the word is so intriguing. And it is fresh and it is alive and it is active and it can be different from one day to the next. He is so powerful in working that in your life. So I encourage you to go back and read. But Joshua has died, and there is no king in Israel. There is no king. And this is what it says in 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everybody say, own eyes. Now let me see if I can get an amen for who thinks that we're going through that right now in our lives and in our country. We're doing what's right in our own eyes. We can see that. We can see that we want ours. We want to know what government can do for us. We want to vote for someone who can give me my money. We want somebody who can give me my health care. We want for us in our own eyes of what we think's right. But then there's our neighbor that thinks that he wants to do what's right in his own eyes. And what is right in his own eyes may be not right in your eyes. So it's all messed up. We don't have a king. We do, but we're not following him. Our world is not following him, and therefore they're looking for an answer because they are tired of their own answers. And they don't know it, but they're tired. They're tired. I'm not, this is not working. I don't know why I can't, I can't get to this point. Why am I always frustrated? Why am I sitting in this cycle? Because they're not under the king, and they're not in this kingdom that's trying to be established. And they are waiting on us to tell them the answer. 
They're waiting on you, like Pastor Tabner said weeks ago. They're waiting on that crazy friend to come up to them and say, hey, he's not safe, but let me tell you, he's so good, and he's establishing a kingdom here, and you can experience heaven right now. You don't have to wait. Glory be to God, you don't have to wait. And hey, that is for me because I get caught up in my mundane activities and realize, God, you want me to experience it now. I don't have to wait till glory to experience you and and the fullness that you have for me. I can experience right now. And so anyway, in Judges, it says that as people were doing right in their own eyes, in the first, um, first actually, verses in Ruth is where we're going to spend today, it says that there was a famine. There was a famine in the land of Judah, of Bethlehem, Judah, which is basically like, um, you know, a, a colony or a city within Judah. And Bethlehem, Judah meant bread and praise. Bethlehem meaning bread, Judah meaning praise. Now, isn't that odd that there's a famine in the land that means bread? (gasps) What? That's so weird. But God had a plan. And God knew, you know what? Sometimes we have to be punished for the things that we do. If we're doing tough stuff in the right in our own eyes and we have sin in our hearts and it's unconfessed sin and we're still living in that, we're still cycling that, we have consequences. Unfortunately, we have consequences. But that doesn't mean that we're out of the will of God. If we've accepted him... And we're trying to walk with him, and we fall into sin, and we thought, oh, wow, I just don't, I just don't know. I, I've messed up so many times. No, that doesn't mean that you're completely out of his will. That means you just got to bend it back and get back in it. He's still got a plan for you. He hasn't forgotten you. So don't put that on yourself, that he's forgotten you just because you messed up. Or you're in that cycle. Get out. Go to him. And, hey, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm preaching to myself today. Uh, God's really worked with me. A lot of things that I've, my, my mouth, my anger, my um, reactions to things, uh, my busyness. Oh, can I get an email on that one? Um, just everything that I think is right in my own eyes, I've got to look to him. Because if I don't, I'm going to reap the consequences of it. And so in, in the first chapter of Ruth, it states that there was a famine in Bethlehem, Judah, the place of bread and praise. And then Elimelech comes into the story. He is a man that has um, deep roots in the word. He knows the culture. He knows his God. And he wants to trust his God. But he has a family. And he has a wife and he has two sons. And when there's a famine and there's no food and you got to feed babies, he was like, let's hightail it out of here. We got to go. We got to go where there's some food. And so I can take care of you guys. But I just want to tell you one thing. If, if Bethlehem was called the bread, the place of bread, but there was a famine. Do you think God would have brought them out of it? He was going to allow them to live up to their name. He is going to allow you to live up to your name. He is going to allow you to do it. Walk in him. Walk in him. Praise him. Lift that praise if you're in that season. Um, Pastor Mark always talks about, I'm crazy down here worshiping. And I am too because I know that I mess up during the week. Whew, heaven knows. I sometimes am double-minded. I act one way and say another sometimes. But, oh, Lord, you don't condemn me. You don't count my sins against me. Praise his name because I know I don't deserve it. But I know I can praise. And I can praise him for that. And so God was going to allow Bethlehem to eventually come out of it. They were going to come out of it. But Elimelech said no. 
He said, I'm going to take my own provision, and I'm going to provide for my family. And there wasn't anything wrong with that, but sometimes we have to pull ourselves out of safety and what we think is our own safety and allow the Lord to take care of our children, allow the Lord to take care of our families. Don't allow on your own provisions like Limelech did. He allowed on his own provisions to be able to take him somewhere, but he didn't rely on the Jehovah Jireh, the one who he said, I am your provider. I am your healer. I am everything that you need. You don't have to look anywhere else. I am your safety. You may not think it's safe in your eyes, but what's safe in your eyes is not good enough. Your eyes was bringing you into a famine. Who feels like they're in a famine today? So many of you probably, internally we wouldn't want to raise our hand, but some of us are crying out going, I don't feel anything. I feel drought. I don't feel fulfilled. Sometimes I feel empty. And God's going to restore that back to you. Praise him. Praise him in the times and allow him to be your Jehovah Jireh, your provider. And so I just want to take some time to go through the story. I really encourage you to go back to um, the whole book of Ruth. I'm not going to spend time, of course, reading it, but it's real good, so y'all need to go back. But I just want to challenge you with this thought today and, and leading from, because we look in past generations and, and pick up the legacy that's been left for us. And we're human. We make mistakes. Don't blame your parents, your grandparents, the people that have gone behind you, before you, for their sins when it's your legacy. Move. Move on. Don't take that with you. Move on and change it and go and leave the legacy that God has called you to leave. Don't live in that past. We're going to talk about that past in just a minute with another character in the story. Don't live in that past. Allow God to move you forward and be free and be free in him. Um, So I just want to challenge you with this. Don't, because this is what Elimelech did, don't let your deed be greater than your seed. Don't let your deed be greater than your seed. Don't let what you think is better to dictate the seed that you can leave. Because we are in charge of the seed. We're in charge of doing the work. We're in charge of laying that seed on good soil, on fertile soil, the soil that's been tilled, the soil that's been worked, the soil that's been prayed over. We are in charge of that. But don't let the deed overcome the seed that you have to put into something and what you're praying for, what you're praying God is doing. Don't take it back. Don't pick that seed back up. Let it be there. Let God be the God of the harvest. Let him do it. Yes, it's going to take some work. It's hard. You're right. It's hard. Nobody ever said that following him was easy. Nobody ever said it was safe. But oh, is it good. And it is peaceful. I know I'll come in here. I come in here so many times. I come in here for work. I come in um, for worship. And I don't know, for some reason, every time I enter this place, I feel peace. Um, I know a friend of mine has said that too. I just feel a feel a peace, and you feel a peace where you are in the presence of God, and I feel that the presence of God is here. I feel for so many of us, and I've been hearing that God is just about on the verge of doing something incredible in your lives, and you are holding something back, and maybe this is it. I just want to be safe. I don't want any, don't want anything to come in. I don't want any hardships. Gosh, I don't want any hardships. I've already been through enough. I just want to be safe. Lord, just keep me safe. We pray that over everything, and there's nothing wrong with 
praying over safety. But there's some point where you have to come out of your own safety of where you feel in your own eyes is safe and step out of that and go, no, I know you're not safe, God. But I would rather have your saving love and saving grace and you being my Savior rather than my own safety. Because what am I missing? What blessings am I missing? What, what people am I missing that I need to be connected with? What am I missing there? And um, so in Ruth, I just want to kind of carry you through the story. They've been there for 10 years in the land of Moab to stay away, to get some food for their family. Um, Elinelech died. He dies, leaving Naomi there with his two sons. Um, the sons marry, and uh, they marry Orpah and Ruth. Now, these women are Moabite women. Moab is a very pagan place. Um, pagan worship. Um, you know, just anything goes, pretty much. Anything goes. And so these women that, he, that they married, um, even though they were longing to return to their homeland, and they knew that they, they couldn't at that time, these girls knew, Orpah and, Orpah and Ruth, they knew the law, they knew their gods, um, because they would have been talking about it. They would have been longing for the land where they were. And, you know, Naomi is just so sad right now in, in this, this deep grief and pain because now her sons have passed away, and now she's left with no one. She's left with no family. She's left with daughters-in-law that are, are not from her homeland. Um, she doesn't know what to do. And she does the only thing that she knows what to do, and that is to go back to her homeland and to get with family so hopefully she can get some provisions from them. Because that's what they would have known to do. It says in Leviticus that uh, if you had a field and you were working that field, people that were picking up the harvest, lay down whatever has fallen on the ground, just leave it there. Don't go and pick it up because that will be for the poor and the sojourners that come to the field. That was like their way of feeding the poor. And they were allowed to glean there. But they really wanted to be in the family unit. They wanted a family member to go behind and say, no, I will redeem it. You can work in my field. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's what they did. They went back. Naomi tried. She said, no, y'all are not coming with me. <laughs> I'm bitter. I'm a bitter woman. I don't have any family left. Don't follow me. You are not tied to me. Um, by any way, just go back to your family, and I'm going to go back to my land, and you will be safe. And Orpah fought, first of all. She was weeping. She uh, didn't want uh, to leave Naomi alone. But she finally realized, okay, I'm just going to go back where I know it's safe. And she went back with her family. But it said in the Bible that Ruth clung to her, that she was clinging to Naomi. She didn't want to leave her side and I don't know, there is just something about when your spirit becomes connected with someone and you know that God has orchestrated that, you just can't leave them alone. God has just put them in your path, whether it's someone who you have aligned with the same spirit of him and you just have just, oh, just these amazing conversations with and you just love the Lord together and you serve him together. But there's also some people that you need to be loving on and serving with and, and, and you know, building them up and mentoring them, helping them. Sometimes there's just something special, and there's no way to explain it except for the Lord of your spirits being tied together. And I believe that Ruth's spirit was tied to Naomi's. She knew that there is something better on the other side. Moab is just, there's got to be something better than this. 
And I just really felt that she felt that she wanted to have greater something greater than her. She wanted to be a part of something greater. She wanted to go to this land and see these people and see how they acted and, and meet her God. And she just wanted that. And so she says, and I want to read um, Ruth from verse 1, and this is chapter 1, verse 16 through 18. And it said, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, even if even death separates you and me. What a powerful statement. That's a lot of faith right there. That's a lot of not safety. That's not safe. She didn't know what she was getting into. She was leaving her family, the only thing that she ever knew, the gods that she knew, the culture, the religion that she knew. She was leaving it all behind to go follow her mother-in-law. Now I have a wonderful mother-in-law and have a wonderful mother. And they've instilled in me things that I teach my children today. Some of you need to listen to your mamas. <laughs> Can I get an amen? My mama would say amen too. <laughs> But some of us need to be listening to them. Some of them need help. Some of them need you to come along and, and be the lifter of their heads. I feel a great deal sometimes. Oh, I'm going to get emotional. I'm sorry. <laughs> if we ever put down the generation, Don't ever throw the other generation away. Don't ever do it. I have to ask for forgiveness of that too. Don't think that you know better than them. Don't think, oh, they're just old. They don't know what they're talking about. Oh, I said that so many times when I was a teenager. Oh, they're just old. They're just not cool. They don't know what they're talking about. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And now that I have my own children, I realize that. They do know what they're talking about. Listen to them. Spend time with your grandparents. Love on them. They have so much to teach you. Sorry about that. <laughs> but anyway, um, Ruth knew that this was a big task. Don't you, don't you think that the um, journey back to Bethlehem, Judah, was a real fun trip? <laughs> I mean, real fun. I'm sure that Naomi was just dragging her feet, um, scared. How are they going to receive me? And Ruth is like, let's go. Let's go. I'm ready to be there. I'm ready, I'm ready for you to be back there. Um, I mean, I'm sure Ruth, oh, Naomi was pretty, pretty bitter about her being there, too, because after that, she said she didn't try to coax her anymore for leaving her. She's just like, okay, whatever. Okay, you're coming with me whether I tell you to or not. You're coming. But anyway, she asked um, Naomi, she said, can I go and glean in the field of whoever will let me? And Naomi, of course, knew what that meant, and she said, sure, go right ahead. Go in and glean in the field of someone who would allow you to do that. And so Ruth went out, and the Bible says that it just so happens, or it says in some um, translation, as it turns out, she happened to be into the field of Boaz, who was a wealthy relative of theirs, of Elimelech's family. Just so happens. 
I don't think so. <laughs> Nothing just happens. Nothing in your life just happens. And I know there is so many people that can say amen to that. There's nothing in your life that just happens. God orchestrates everything. And you may think, well, I've had a terrible life. I've had such a rough life. I've had such hard times. Yes, and that's grown you to the place that he has you today and the place and the purpose that he has for you right now and the place that you're sitting. He has a plan for you. This is no mistake because you're sitting here. This is no mistake that I'm up here. This is no mistake that our band members are up here, that our people are about there serving him and uh, loving on our kids and loving on our people and making coffee and handling donuts. None of that is a mistake because he has a greater purpose for you. And even if you're making coffee, yes, so be it. God, To God be the glory because he wants to do a great work in you and whatever you do. So nothing just happens. Ruth works hard. She works hard in that field. Nobody says anything to her. They allow her to go in there and glean and pick up the, the, the wheat that's fallen. She's picking it up. She's working hard. She's sweating. And here comes Boaz in from Bethlehem. And he addresses his workers. And his main guy stands there and he goes, huh, who was who that woman out there? I'm sure she was nice to look at too. He's like, who was who that out there? And he said, well, she's been here pretty much all morning, and she's worked so hard. And I just, I think she should stay. Um, and so Boaz goes up to her, tells her, stay here. Don't go to any other fields. Stay here and pick up after uh, those that are what they call the reapers. Stay here and pick up the wheat. And, and he was giving her more and more and more provisions as time went on. She couldn't believe how nice he was being and how gracious he was being to her. He, he couldn't believe it. She couldn't believe that. She was like, why are you being so kind to me? And this is what he said. This was, I have seen how you've been with Naomi. I've seen how you've been with her. I've seen how you've loved her, how you've served her. Your work has not gone unnoticed. That friend that you have just been pouring into, he is not... Your work has not gone unnoticed. That work that you do at your job that is so mundane, but I know that the God has me here, he does not. He does, your work has not gone unnoticed to him. He sees your hard work. That parent that you're taking care of, God, I just don't know if I can do it another day. He sees you. He notices you. He notices your hard work. He notices that your level of servanthood, the lower you get, the higher you become in his kingdom. Sometimes it takes work. Hey, let's just say all the time it takes work. Somebody, let's just say all the time it takes work. All the time. All the time it takes work. All the time it takes work. And she continues in the field, gathering what's fallen, picking up what's left behind. Oh, I think that was in legacy, right? What's been left behind. Some of y'all need to pick up the legacy that's been left for you and move on and get out of your sin and move into the legacy that those people have gone before you and prayed for you. Some of your grandparents and parents have been on their knees praying for you, begging God to heal you, begging him to heal you. Some of you need to pick it up. Some of you need to be putting some things down. Some of you need to be putting down some things that leaving that legacy. Some of you have a seed financially, speaking into somebody's life, your time, whatever your seed is, some of you need to sow it. And that day is today. 
Don't live in your safety. Live in him as the Savior because he will take care of all of your needs. Ruth goes back and she shows Naomi all this wheat. She couldn't believe it. And, and this is what she says when she found out it was Boaz. In verse 22 of chapter 2, it says, Do as he said, I'm going to paraphrase this. Do as he said, my daughter, and stay with him because he is safe. He is safe. Go and rest in the king. That's basically what she was saying. Go and rest in the king because he is our kinsman redeemer. And what is a kinsman redeemer? A kinsman redeemer, oh, this is good. This is real good. (laughs) Mark reminded me of this last night as we were just talking, and he said the kinsman redeemer is a kin, a family member, a relative, but he is the one that goes in and restores the family, the family legacy, the reputation, the land that's been taken. Naomi was just going to sell it. She was just going to give it away, just sell it. I don't, I don't have anything, so I'm just going to sell it. I don't have anybody to work it. And Boaz goes before the townsman, and he says to this other family member, who could possibly take the land? He said, yes, I will, but, but this person has to marry Ruth so that they can start having a legacy now. And that man says, no, I can't do that. And Boaz says, I can. I'll do it. I'll redeem it. I'll marry her. And then we'll start a legacy. And I just want to challenge you today because reading, going back and reading the book of Ruth is, oh, is so good because it's all types and shadows of Jesus. That Boaz is a type of Jesus. That he comes in and he is our kinsman redeemer. When we have nothing left, we think that our legacy is not teaching anything to anybody. <sighs> I'm just going through the motions. It is. He is our Redeemer. You know, it's not just to the point to come and meet Jesus. It wasn't the point just for Ruth to meet Boaz. The point was for them to be married. And it's not just the point to meet Jesus, which is good. Because without that, you couldn't marry. But he wants you to marry him. He wants you to be in that love relationship with him because he has so much to give you. He has that legacy to instill in you. He has that kingdom to establish within you. He has so much to give to you. Orpah went back to her safety, to her family, and I know it was said that she fathered Goliath. Four giants, and one of those was to be um, Goliath. But Ruth, Ruth married Boaz, her her kinsman redeemer. And because of that, they fathered Obed, who fathered Jesse, who then fathered David. Hey, I think that's a pretty pretty stout legacy there. <laughs> Orpha probably didn't know that she was doing anything wrong. What are the blessings that we're missing because we just don't know, because we just want to go back to safety? We just want to go back and know what's safe. I just know this. This is what I've done in the past. I'm just going to go back here because this is where it was safe. No, he wants you to step out and say, here I am. I want you to be my savior. I don't care about my own safety anymore. My kids are covered because they're yours. My money is covered because it's yours. My job is covered because it's yours. My talent is covered because it's yours. And no, you are not safe, but you are good. And I'm going to put my trust and my hope and my faith and everything in you because you are good. 
because Ruth chose her Savior, a kinsman redeemer, over what we consider is safe in our own eyes, we go back to the safer Savior. We go back to that. Stop living in fear. And oh, I tell myself that every morning. Stop living in fear, Leah. Stop living what everybody thinks about you. Think about what God thinks of you. It's the only thing that matters. Walk in his freedom because he says in Galatians 5.1, what does he say in Galatians 5.1? He has made you free for freedom. What? Free for freedom. Yes, he's made you free for freedom's sake, for freedom in him. Don't go back and live in that law. Don't go back in that other stuff. He's freed you. Go live in that freedom. Go be powerful in him because he's made you that way. Because, of course, he's not safe, but he's good. I know you have past experiences that you're thinking of. You're like, Lee, you don't know. (laughs) You're talking a good talk up there, but you don't know. You don't know my past. You don't know the people that I put my trust in and how I've not been safe. But he's the God of your past. He's the God of your present. He's the God of your future. He is the ancient of days. He is Elohim. He is almighty God. And we have to put our trust in him and know that he is faithful to do it. And no, it may not be safe. It may be scary. We may have ailments. We may have diseases. We may experience death. But he has redeemed it all. He's already paid it. He's already gone before you. He's behind you. He's on each side of you and his hand is on your head. Allow him to redeem what he can in your life. Restore that legacy that you have in him. Allow him to restore it today. Would you just pray with me? You may be thinking, I'm chewing on this. (laughs) I really uh, want more of you, God. I really want to establish this legacy I really want to walk in you. I really want you to be my savior. But God, so many times my own deeds go over my seed. And I just want to sow that seed today in you. I want you to be my safety. I don't want it to be in my own eyes because that's not good. I fail every time. Maybe some of you have never met him today. Maybe some of you have never met that kinsman redeemer. And I just challenge you right now, if that's you, On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. We have people that will come and meet you where you are. On the count of three, you just raise your hand if that is you today and you need to meet Jesus for the first time. One, two, three. Is that anybody in here today? I just need to meet Jesus for the first time. I need a redeemer. I need a redeemer in my life. And for some of you, you're just like, Lord, I know you. I know that you saved me from everything. But God, sometimes I just go back into my own past in my own ways. Would you just pray for me, Leah? Pastor Mark, would you just pray for me because I need to live up to the legacy that you have for me. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I need to move forward in freedom. Not my safety, but his. And I just want to challenge you today, this altar is for you. As we pray, just come down here and allow him to be your savior. Just praise him. Even if you're going through the mess, thank you so much. I see your hand. Thank you. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for being our kinsman redeemer and sending your son Jesus to be that for us. 
Thank you that we can read in your word that it is true, it is good. We love you so much. We just lift these people up to you today, Lord, that they can walk in the freedom and the legacy that you have for them. Don't go back into the law, but God, live for freedom for freedom because it's yours. And we love you this morning. All the praise and the glory belongs to you in your name. Amen.